But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Your co-host, Julie. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Your co-host, Thorsten. Hello from the old world. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) You are literally. Yeah. (laughs) You are... (laughs) Well done. Well done. Uh, sadly, Jacob cannot join us. He's too busy with uh, university and stuff. You know, I mean, that is that is a bit more important than a podcast. I mean, you know, getting a degree and such. Uh, but friends, we have uh, guests today joining us from Alexandria, Virginia, Layla and Soren Johnson of Mohawk Games to talk about Old World. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. How's everybody? Hey, great to be here. Uh, so, friends, before we get started real quick, before anyone gives us any crap about, oh, it's not a space game, <laughs> let, let, let's just say, first, uh, the Soren has done some spacey sci-fi stuff, so that's our end. That's one of our ends, okay? All right? And two, I'm pointing at a camera that isn't on. The camera is usually on when I stream, but it's not on, and I'm pointing at it. So, folks, I'm pointing at you right now. Uh, and two... We think Old World is special enough to have a slight detour into history from our usual uh, spacey, spacey stuff. Um, so, friends, if you haven't played Old World, it's been available. Is it? Would you? Is it an early? I didn't get. I didn't look. Is it an early access on the Epic Game Store, or is it full release on the Epic Game? It's Store? it's out. It got uh, released last summer. Okay, so um, it's so not an, it's not an early, it's not early access to full release. Okay, yeah. all right. It's so a it's, long, complicated process, but it's been, <laughs> it's, it's out. Been, okay, it's been out on the Epic Game Store uh, for about a year, and it's coming out on Steam and GOG next week, uh, the nineteenth, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what's that? That's next Friday, if I'm remembering correctly. Thursday. Thursday. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Thursday. I was doing the math wrong in my head. Uh, so yeah, next Thursday it'll be out on Steam and GOG. Uh, so I've been curious about this, and we haven't had a lot of developers on who have gone the Epic route first. So how did how did it happen that you went to Epic first? Like, what's that process like? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, so well, we we lost the publisher. Um, So the first publisher that we had for Old World, which was called Ten Crowns, uh, was Starbreeze uh, from Sweden. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was was all over the news at some point. um, And Starbreeze went bankrupt. Um, That's like declaring Chapter 11 in Sweden, which is bankruptcy. So we basically didn't have a choice but to talk ourselves out of a contract and talk ourselves into a new one with a publisher. We had uh, we pitched to people who uh, who um, started working at the Epic Games Store, and because we've known them from you know uh, previous times, we thought to pitch to them again, and we did, and successfully. I, I <laughs> knowing that now we have a contract with the Epic Games Store, and here we we are. We're here now. Yep. Oh, okay, that's oh. a, that's interesting. So yeah, I remember Starbreeze did they did like the Riddick games, I think, a while back, mm-hmm. and. And uh, payday, payday is their their big yes, thing now. Yes, right, right, right. Oh man! Yeah, and they were um, they were basically funding a few games that were like just basically games that they felt strongly about. They also funded Psychonauts too, um, and uh, you know, so both both us and the uh, the Psychonauts team had to look for alternate fun- uh, funding basically once. Uh, Starbreeze had to kind of restructure themselves. Oh um, gosh! I mean, it seems to have been successful for both games, so that's yeah. And the in the end, it worked out fine. And we we like we really like the Starbreeze people, and we're glad that there's apparently they've they've kind of turned around and they're, they're still they business. So. Oh, that's good. I don't, I I really yeah. wasn't paying attention, but that's good. That's good to hear because it's always sad when a studio or a developer or a publisher shuts down, especially one you like. You know. Yep. Um. So I'm glad to hear they survived. Now, uh, let's go back to the origin of the game itself. When did you guys start working on this one? Old. That's all blur. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah, basically when Offworld shipped, um, the, uh, I started putting together like the very bones of like a multiplayer prototype for, for Old World, which was, you know, 10 crowns back then. Um, and 
Uh, that would have been 2000, and geez, I guess it must have been 2016, because that's mm-hmm. when Offworld came out. Um, and just to be clear, for everyone listening, Offworld is short for Offworld Trading Company, which is our previous title. Right. And yep. ex- Offworld and Allworld. And, and an excellent game, <laughs> by the way. If you haven't played it, you guys, uh, don't worry, it's going to kick your ass every time. That's what this game. Do- that's what that game does. If you haven't played Offworld Trading Company, I'm just going to say, go Buy it today, right now, because it's amazing. It's amazing. And don't worry if you lose the first five or 10 games. That's intentional. (laughs) That that will happen. Great soundtrack, too, by the way. Oh, Uh, yes. Christopher Tin made an excellent soundtrack. Yeah, we we love Christopher Christopher Tin. Side note. Love, love, love him. Yeah. We do, too. He's going to be visiting next week. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he did did the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did the music for both games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he has a concert in D.C. And so he uh, he invited us to the concert. And so we're inviting him over for dinner. And yeah, it'll be great to see him again. Oh, also, that's Christopher Tin, if you're the, listening, uh, Christopher Tin is the first composer ever in history of the games industry to win a Grammy Award for a video game. So he made history. And that's while working with Soren on Civ 4. Yeah. Some people might not know who Christopher yeah. Tin is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're well aware. Uh, us around here, we are well, well. I, I swear, I don't know how many minutes and hours I probably spent just staring at the menu of Civ 4 just to listen yeah. to Baba Yetu. <laughs> God, that song is amazing. Um, so you've been working on this one for, oh, that's a long time because that was, that was yep. five, six years ago. Yeah, I don't think we ever planned it to go quite this long. Um, but, you know, the things, you know, circumstances changed as we went along. Like we, um, you know, we signed the deal with Epic and that meant that, OK, now we also have this. We potentially have this extensive early access phase. Um, and I had to actually also remember telling like Starbreeze and all the companies we pitched to where we're like, OK, we want this much money, but our intention is to spend it spend it on less people over a longer period of time instead of more people in a shorter period of time, because, you know, we think this could be a really special game and we just want to give it the time it needs to, um, you know, be made better. I mean, it, it was a long time, but every year there were, you know, major significant improvements to the game. Right. So sometimes games just take a long time. And changes like there was COVID and yeah. Our publisher went bankrupt and we had to find a new place and had a whole lot of people to interview and hire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, no one's being yeah. critical about how long the game is taking. I mean, we, 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 we are. Because oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying we, we've been following, we've been following things like Star Citizen. So, I mean, sure, you know, right. we, 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 we know long development. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, you can kind of tell that. A lot of time and work has gone into this, folks. This game is really like if you look at if you're looking at the stream and like, oh, it's just Civ Four or something. It's not. It isn't. It's so much more than that. I mean, the I just the orders system that you came up mm-hmm. with is just is such a revelation. Elegant. It's such an elegant. Yeah, it's a revelation in dealing with in dealing with units. What, it, it, it's so different from any other 4X and it, it makes it so much more like, cause so many turns in a 4X are just like, okay, move this, move that. Yep. Do th- like, yep. and the, and the choices and the choices one, they don't really mean, they don't really feel like they mean anything. And it just it eventually feels rote. Yep. After many, many turns. Yeah. yeah there's a problem I've been aware of. I guess by the time of Civ 4, I was definitely aware of it because there was this real subtle thing in Civ 4 I, I added where, um, like in previous sub games, you would move a worker and that would be your turn. And um, then the next turn, you'd build a mine. And you know, I was like, well, let's change this so like you can basically move and build on the same turn just because like the whole you know, brain cycling thing of like, what was that? You know, by the time you come back to the worker, it's going to be three or four minutes down the road. And you'll maybe have forgotten why, what you were even doing with them in the first place. Right. Um, so I was always aware that these forex games have this problem of, it's just like pulling your attention. It's kind of leading you by the nose around the map, you know, to touch all the bases, touch all the units, touch all the cities. Um, and it's not, it's not really an ideal way to, to play a game. Um, so, you know, I really felt like if we could figure out some way 
to let you kind of do what you wanted to with your turn. Like that's the way we, we kind of see orders is like, well, it's your turn. What do you want to do this turn? Right. That's that's it's like empowering. Right. I remember playing Civ 4. Um, I was I wasn't into games when when I met Soren. And I remember playing Civ 4 and having a whole lot of turns where I just kind of set set it all on uh, like auto like automatically choose kind of for me because I just didn't want to make decision for every single unit. And that was really, really difficult. I mean, I loved playing Sephora, but it was really hard to manage this much kind of like micromanaging yeah. to a boring degree. Yeah. This was actually something I was, well, I was a little worried about with the order system in that I felt like the Civ series and, and other Forex games have kind of papered over this problem so much with automation that at this point, players are almost kind of like used to that being the answer as opposed to instead kind of redesigning how the system is supposed to work and that to then making it more more open so you actually have a really a real choice every turn um because like we do have automation old world but it doesn't unlock until like much later in the game and you're not it's just there for like the mop-up phase it's not really meant to be something that you should be doing um because you should be making choices about your orders. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have all your units on automation, then there's just going to be sucking up the orders and taking away like the choices from you. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like, frankly, like a game that relies a lot on automation, like it means that there's some sort of problem. So some sort of core problem with the design that they haven't actually really thought through. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, and, and yeah, like you, this order system makes the turns feel a lot more meaningful, a lot more engaging. Right than yep. just about any other 4X I play where it's like, okay, I'll move this worker over here. I'll move this worker, you know, and you are moving workers around and you are, you know, and you are mm-hmm. telling them what to do, but you can, it's much more streamlined in this game, which makes it more fun. It's like it respects your time more than yes. other 4X games, which is so important these days with so many more games. And, you know, we're all getting older. We all have lives. We have kids, you know, things like that. We need games that respect our time. And yep. uh, and I think the order system is one way that really respects your time with a game like this. Uh, yeah, sometimes we get a response that you know, people see that our game is like limited to 200 turns. Um, and because they're so used to these these super long you know, 4X games, they, they often come in to have this like negative, you know, like like this gets game sounds awful. Like it's just 200 turns. Like that's not a real 4X game or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, little they knew, do they know that actually, uh, generally speaking, a game of old world is actually really more like 120 turns. <laughs> but the, the thing is like a turn of old world is much more significant than it is in another, in another four, another 4X game. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, in my opinion, it's more interesting, but like, it's sort of like an apples to oranges comparison, which is like what what I wanted, right? Like it's not it's not this just your chunking through things type chunking through turns thing that you'll see in other Forex games. Yeah, exactly. Like because because it's a character driven game as well, which is one of the other revelations yep. about this, which I love. Like there have been other character driven games, like of course Crusader Kings and whatnot, but they're not really four X games. They're more right. like these grand strategy, you know, games. Which is very, very different. Um, yeah, very, very different. I mean, than what, it's good. If if there is a through line between uh, off world and old world, um, you know, besides the resource market, right? Because we did get to reuse that idea. Um, but I, lo- I love that. A, by the way, I just wanted to say I love yeah, that. Thank yeah. you. Well, it's it's something <laughs> it's something we really like and try to stick into as many games as we can. But um, if there is a through line, it's that. That off-world, even though it, if it even though it doesn't look like most RTSs, it, even though it doesn't look like most RTS games, it's really through and through an RTS, right? Like it is really part of that genre. It's not some management game or a simulation or something. Like it's really full on an RTS game. It just doesn't have combat, right? But everything yeah. else about it matches the the RTS format. And I think I think you could say the same thing for Old World, right? Like it's through and through. It's a four X. It just is coming at things from a very different approach. Right. Like, so it fully understands what that genre means um, and, you know, what people are going to be expecting from being able to play, which is why, like, it is very different from Crusader Kings. Right. The Crusader Kings gets by without really having like you don't people don't even care about winning or losing the game. Right. But you can't really do that in 4X. Like it is it's it's a game, not a simulation. Right. Exactly. Like like with with Crusader Kings and what's like those are like storytellers that yep. are also games, basically. Yep. 
which which whereas here you have a game that also has stories as a part of it, which I think makes it much more engaging. Like that person that comes in, it's like only 200 turns. It's like once you play the game and once you see how many characters you have to deal with, it's not just moving yeah. units. It's like, okay, I want to put this guy on this council. I want to influence this character, blah, blah. Turns are more lengthy in terms of how much time you spend on them, but also more engaging. So 200 turns... That's huge. That's like so many hours. Like, what's the problem? Yep. That's huge. Yep. Well, I'll add, you can turn off that that end turn limit. If you really want to do it that way, you can have a longer game. But I just wanted to say from the standpoint of somebody who isn't as deep into this kind of games as some of the other people on the podcast. I mean, my my experience was limited, of course, to the Civilization games, which I haven't played since Civ Five, and uh, then things like Endless Space. And so sometimes uh, I, I'm more of the, like, strap me into the cockpit kind of person. And so I kind of shied away from this. But uh, And at first when I approached it, I was hesitant because I said, oh, my God, it's going to be like reading another admin law book at work. And... <laughs> But then I started to play the tutorials, and uh, it really did get me into the game. And uh, I really started to enjoy, especially, the character part. And I even wish I could do more of it, because like when, when one of the Dukes, and he started to say, well, you know, he, he he's not very responsive, and he doesn't do what you want. He said, you know what? I'm going to marry this bastard off and send him to another country. And the game <laughs> let me do it. Yeah. And I said, wow, that's great. And uh, so I think that's the part that I enjoyed the most. And by the time I got to phase four, I really got a real handle on the game. And when I tried to learn how to play Civ Six again, uh, I, I kind of went back and said, Oh boy, I'm, you know, I'm kind of lost in this. But this, I thought the uh, introduction and the tutorials were really great. Yeah, I got to agree. The onboarding you've done with your uh, tutorials, I mean, that's all I've played. I've I've got five hours into the game, and that's all I've been playing is the tutorials. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. they're great. But they're great. They're really great yeah. tutorials. I mean, I, I, have to, I, I have to give you guys credit for one thing, and I want to thank you for this. Hyperlinking your text. You have oh, sure. you yeah. have hyperlink text. You hover over it. It gives you a tooltip. I wish more people did that. Yeah, and, and you can nest them as well, so they oh, yeah. keep one tooltip open while you're looking at more information on another one. Yep, that is very very oh, so important. great. So yep. Yeah, I'm yeah that- don't interrupt. Keep going. Keep going. more. No, I'm a I'm a UI nut. I'm, I'm a I'm a UI yeah. nut. I and, and if I see a good UI, which you have, and good usability, especially, I call it out because that is. I wish everyone with a text heavy game just did hyperlinking more. Like, yeah, well, it's was it was a it was a John Schaefer innovation. He was the designer of Civ Five, um, and uh, he he put it in at the gates. And you know, as soon as I, as soon as I saw it, I knew that like this was this is just the way games, at least turn based games, uh, this is absolutely the way they they should work because they always have this problem of like you have these tooltips. And you're always throwing all these concepts at players, and you're always having to make this decision of how much do I explain each thing in the context of this tooltip, right? Like you mentioned civics or missions or the ambassador or the this, and you're like, well, do I need to explain what the ambassador is? And then, of course, if you do that, then you have a tooltip that takes up half the screen, right? Um, and some games have like a, you know, like you hit a button and you'll get like expanded tooltips. And it's like, well, there's got to be a better way. And uh, like this, you know, this system really works well. So I expect it'll be, you know, it'd be interesting to see if like Civ 7 doesn't do this, for example. Right. Like, because I think it, it, it's absolutely, it should become like the standard. Absolutely. If, if there is a Civ 7, which there probably will be, I think 6 was pretty successful. It's a it's a publicly traded company. I, I, there will be a Civ Seven. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can put your money on it. It's an app, That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Excuse me. I also love how you've added so many different ways to play this game. Like, yes, it's a four X with characters, but you can also have multiplayer, which I love that mm-hmm. you've added. I also love that you have a game of the week. You know, yep. I think that's great. You know, keeps people coming back. 
and all the and all the editors that you, that you have yep. in there. Yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed the tutorials, then you should probably you might want to try out the Carthage campaign as well. Actually, like uh, I mean, at some point you should play the you know kind of the the regular game, so to speak. Um, but it also does kind of a good job of like slowly introducing concepts to to like the 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 first Carthage scenario is really just like you spreading your empire and dealing with tribes. Like you don't even deal with another nation, for example. Oh, um, okay. No, um, I, I, and there's I, I, also. Good. There's also a really cool one that I should mention, which is the uh, that really like the barbarian horde mode, um, which is which is also like which is a random map, but but it's you know it's horde mode. It's what you imagine. Like you're just fighting off this wave of barbarians, and like you'll see a counter in the corner that like in 80 turns there'll be this giant invasion, um, and it's a really fun game to play if you want to play a game with someone, uh, with a friend, but you don't necessarily want to be competitive against each other, right? Because you can. Um, you know, be like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're trying to gonna try to build up our nation knowing that we have this giant challenge to fight off, you know, later on. Make sure you get along with the friend that you're going to play with. Because right. <laughs> if they are very ambitious, I'm not going to name names. And sometimes they just want to tell you what to do and feels like someone else playing both their game and yours. You might not want to start that game. <laughs> 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 I got a question about the future of the game, and and obviously it says it's old world, you know, Greek, Rome, the Thracians. Uh, do you have any plans down the road to expand to uh, like other parts of the world from that era? Yeah. Um, so currently, with with the launch on May nineteenth, we have a DLC that uh, that is about the Greek campaign. Uh, and uh, it's about Greece and, and all that. And we added an eighth nation. Oh, yeah, never mind. I can't say that yet. Uh, but um, I can't edit it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally fine for, you know, everyone who heard it. That's that's a freebie. Uh, so, um, and but we, yes, since we called a subtle a tease. Subtle, subtle tease. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, intentional. Uh, it's all part of our careful marketing plan. Strategy. <laughs> Great strategy game designers. Um, so, I mean, the old world in general as a, as a theme is, is very rich in, uh, in like, you know, geographical attractions for this genre. So we're talking to different designers from around the world Um to create more DLCs. Uh, the sky is the limit with Old World, really. We have more ideas uh, than we have resources, but we're currently working on uh, DLCs. Personally, uh, since one of my great-great-grandmothers was from Scotland, and I've always thought that Hadrian's Wall was built to keep the Scots in, not out. Um, and uh, I said, I've always thought what would be fun would be the Romans versus the Celts. And mm -hmm. uh, I've been playing Greek, obviously, because that's what the tutorial is. But uh, right. so I just thought, wow, what would be wouldn't be fun to do that? Yeah, yeah. we also a great mod. If you do it like the Asterix way, you know, have you read the the uh, Asterix and Obelix? I used to read those. The, it's kind of like fun, too. Oh, yeah, they were the last, the last Gallic tribe, right? Yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> hold out against Rome. That'd be kind of also nice. Uh, Everyone against Rome. Yeah, there's a lot we could do with Rome. I, I will say it's interesting because in, in our plans, most of our stuff hasn't involved Rome because Rome is like it's almost so big that it's like hard to know how to even approach it. So, but you know, it's kind of like the obvious thing that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Yeah. Well, I want to play the Celts if there's ever Rome versus the Celts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, I think a, you know, we're, you know, flipping the script, you know, scenario might be, might be fun for sure. Yeah. Always flipping the scenario because you always hear it from the, from the Roman side, you know, like we grew up hearing about the Rome and the Greek Greeks and Romans. And now we just want to hear from everyone else. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could be interesting as playing as one of the, uh, tease the phrase barbarian tribes, you don't have the option of building a major city, but you do have the option to do things like raiding it. Yes, that was something I wanted to mention too. Uh, it would be interesting to uh, to play as a Scythian or a Sarmatian tribe. Yep. Uh, also, there's another, there's another. Uh, let's put it that way: elephant in the room, and that is the uh, Garamantian Empire. If you ever heard of that. 
yep. one. Mm -hmm. That would be a great, great addition to the game. In yeah. my opinion. Would be like a great nice scenario if you have a great nice like big campaign where you have different scenarios. It's the Celts and the Gauls and the women that Rome declared war on Cleopatra and uh Zenobia and Boudica, like all you know, all the women just kind of like different scenarios of everyone against Rome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, everyone on campaign. <laughs> yeah. The um you, you mentioned playing the tribes, and this isn't quite the same, but there is actually a kind of like a a, a feature that doesn't come up come up often because you you need a diplomat leader, but you can you can make a tribal alliance, and once you do that, you're actually able to move their units with your orders. Really? So if you <laughs> yep yep um, if you're if you're a diplomat, like uh, Dido starts out as a diplomat, for example, you can make an alliance with the Gauls. And then you can have the Gauls invade Rome and do the do the dirty work for you. That's actually how diplomacy was uh, was used. Like the first time diplomacy was used or was identified as such was by the um, was the Persians. They used this method with the Greeks. That's how they kind yep. of turned the Greeks against the Greeks. So they stop losing resources and army. Yeah. And I, I don't mean like, you know, you get them to declare war on the Rome, Romans, although you can do that as well. I mean, like you literally can select their units and move them with your orders, right? You know, something that I wanted to ask, and uh, I know this isn't like about the game, it's more about, you know, Sorn and Layla is, uh, what back in the day when you started, especially on forex games did you just wake up in the morning and said hey i know forex because i know you started on things like spore uh what kind of was your inspiration to start in, down that path um well um i mean i, I needed a good reason to you know, make a forest game that was different from, um, you know, kind of all the ones out there, you know, I mean, Civ, Civ has, it does, you know, it's not just that it's done, it's, you know, like the, you know, the big gorilla in the room or whatever. Um, it's that each version is, is doing better than the one before, right? Like it's, it's, you know, Civ 5 sold like 10 million units and I'm sure Civ 6 will surpass that someday. Um, so you know, these are these are huge games and like it doesn't really make sense to try to make a game to, to they don't really have competitors because they're so successful. Like most of the other Forex games are all um, space games or fantasy games. Right. Um, really, it was like this is the first year you could think of a credible competitor to Civ, which is not our game, but is humankind. Right. Because we don't really see ourselves as being a direct uh, Civ competitor. Right. We're like another historical 4x which we think there should be probably a lot a lot more of yeah, right yeah. um and but the the initial reason to like start the project was uh you know i kind of had the inspiration of for the order system um and uh it actually came from believe it or not it came from facebook games um if uh, if you remember what? way back when what? yeah yeah if you remember way back, like in 2010 or whatever it was, you know, and all those Facebook games were invading our lives. Um, Frontierville. Frontierville, right. Farmville, was, Frontierville yes, was, was basically from Frontierville was basically Farmville plus orders. Like that was basically what it was like. They, they put an energy system on top of it so that all of the stuff you would normally do in Farmville, you were gated, right? Like you could only do like 20 actions at a time and then you'd have to come back five hours later as you get more, right? And of course they wanted to sell you more. <laughs> they wanted to sell you more energy is what they called it, right? Like yeah, that was, that was, do yeah, that was their whole point. But to me, it was interesting because it meant you had to think through like, okay, what am I actually going to do with my, my actions, right? Um, and, uh, and so I don't know, I just, I was like, well, what if, like, what if you just took Civ and you just slapped an order system on top of it and, you know, see what happens, right? Like that was, that, that was the initial genesis. So, Real early, 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 like it wasn't even going to be like a classical antiquity game. It was more of a, it was more of a multiplayer focused history of the world type game. Um, but you know, eventually, for for various reasons, including like seeing the success of Crusader Kings, you know, it was like, well, it'd be really also cool to make a game that was focused on characters. And once you make a, once you decide to make a game focused on characters, there's no real way to make it last six thousand years. You know, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. So we had to pick a time frame. Um, and judging from when people most the, the part of the game people most enjoy in Civ 
it was pretty easy to be like, well, let's do it. You know, let's start with the beginning, right? Like the classical antiquity phase is, is kind of like the most fun part of the game where you're exploring and discovering things and founding cities and the map is still somewhat empty, you know? You know, it's, it's funny. We talk about this all the time, but when you think about it, it's the restrictions that good strategy gives you that makes the game so much more fun. Like kind of limiting your moves in a, in a strategic way gives you this ability to to see how much you can do with this type of limitation. So this type of strategy is basically limitations. It's, uh, you know, minimizing your abilities to do things. And then you just kind of capitalize or optimize or move uh, based uh, based on that. I love I love being restricted. It's weird. I'm weird. I like, I like it. Well, it makes your choices matter. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if you guys play a lot of, like, Euro board games, but, like, it, it's very in keeping with, like, the sort of the spirit of those type of games, right? If Where you do, we just played, actually, a very good one recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the name? Power Grid. Uh, yeah, Power yeah. Grid. Um, which what's has, it? like, also was influential in Offworld. Um, what's it, what's it but, called? Uh, I'm sorry. What's it called? Power Grid. Power Grid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. Yep. I've got a couple of questions. One's just tongue in cheek and that is who do I have to bribe to get this game on switch but the other <laughs> one is but the other one I really do want to know is uh, if there is a story behind it uh, where Mohawk and the Mohawk games come from oh the, the name itself yeah I mean is it from the picture that I see where you or is it yes like, is there that, that's 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 what it no, it's, it's you, from, you're gonna have to answer that one i'm gonna have a follow-up <laughs> yeah basically i lost a i lost a bet in college and uh uh that's why they, i you know i had to, i was the bet was i lost the bet and i had to shave my head and if you shave your head you know in your college what's the obvious thing to do first like well let's at least give myself mohawk first for a few days before i shave my head um and so uh, you know, of course, people took pictures of that. And when I joined Twitter in whenever 2007 or whatever it was, uh, yeah, I kind of I remembered that. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of a fun, but you know, pick for my uh, for my profile. And you know, years later, as you know, you start to actually meet the people that you meet on Twitter. You know, so many of them would come up to me like, "Where's the Mohawk?" And I'm like, "Well, it was it wasn't? I don't, <laughs> I don't make me don't make go me, around with the Mohawk the Mohawk every day." Uh, but, um, but so, like, after enough of that happened, I'd be like, well, it'd be kind of cute to actually turn that into, like, a, a name. Um, I'm honestly surprised however, it wasn't taken. I, I was just going to say, I was honestly surprised it wasn't taken already. <laughs> sure. so, so just stay with that, because now, uh, since 2013, we realized that, you know, like, keeping the name Mohawk, uh, is kind of you know just disrespectful to a culture, and we are aware of that. So for the last since 2018, I've been trying to change the name, and every single name that has uh, any animal or color in it is taken, and then a combination of animal color is taken. So if you have like, so I thought of just kind of trying to change the the name of the company from Mohawk to like Golden Hawk or Red Hawk, or just kind of stay with the Hawk theme so people don't think we were, you know, uh, bought that somebody fired us. There's too many minor league baseball teams, I'll tell you that. Okay, how about Uh, about the Pews Quokas? How about that? (laughs) will admit, (laughs) you know. (laughs) We are on... We are on attempt, I think, 25, and each attempt cost us a whole lot of money and probably two months uh, of back and forth of lawyers. We have good lawyers who always tell us all the reasons not to name something. Probably at some point, we just have to to, accept the lights and go with the risk. Unless we do what all the... Well, we did. We did choose this last one. Well, I don't think we... We didn't completely finalize it, but we. But anyway, yeah. I mean, so well, they're, to, they're they're I mean, looking into it. There's a reason why all the internet companies, all the kids today, when they found a company, they just make up a word. You know, they just remove a letter from some real word, and oh, they're like, God. "Hey, that's our name now, right?" Uh, I so. will admit, I I asking the question, I did expect it to say, "Oh well, my great grandmother was part of the Mohawk Nation or, yeah. or something." Yeah. yeah. No, it's the haircut, so it was kind of. <laughs> Uh, if it had, if it if it had a different type of name, then you know we would have been able to keep it. So, but I mean, stay tuned because we're on the last stage of finalizing the name, and hopefully, Ooh. hopefully, it passes through the last phase. Or else, I'm just gonna name it like Oliver and Qu- Spring Quail. 
Banks, something like that. That, that, sound, that, sounds, like know, a, that sounds like a merchant company from the 1600s. You know, like oh, it's just too long. I have to like either make up a name, ask my kids to name our company, or just kind of like just create three worded uh, name because two is absolute nightmare. We're not able to pull two uh, anymore. All names are taken. God, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, remind me, which which engine is uh, Old World built on, or is it a custom engine? Uh, it's in Unity. Unity. Oh, okay. You mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't know it? I swear to God, you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't freaking. Well, Off World Off World was in Unity, so you know we kind of just carried a lot of our. There's there's the engine you use, yeah. and then there's the stuff you build on top of it. So our team know, is also very familiar it. with it. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, that's great because it's so it could come to switch since it's in Unity. It could come to switch. Sure, could come to your iPhone. It might be coming to switch (laughs) as we speak. What Uh, the issue? The the issue is like where it's a very UI text-heavy game, uh, and you know generally those work really well with 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 uh, big screens. But you know, I I would love to see it on more platforms for sure. Old old world revolution. You know, like they did with Civilization. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I do know you're not with that. It was published by a different publisher, but I do know in the Switch community, there has been people asking for actually off-world trading to come to Switch. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be cool, too. I mean, the one, the one thing I'll say about Old World is, and Switch or any game that has a, any you know, platform that has a, you know, a controller is there is potentially a reason why it would work better than other Forex games. And that what you, it does, it, you're sort of driving a unit around the map, right? Like you're making multiple moves. So there's not as much jumping from unit to unit as you have in, in other games. I could totally see this working on switch to be perfectly honest. You know, I could totally see this working on switch. <laughs> yeah. I think the main, the main hurdle there would be, that it's text heavy with the tooltips. Yeah. But the one nice thing I though, think... is that we have that undo system. So yeah, like people wouldn't get upset about it. That's another thing. A lot of ha- the issue with a lot of console games or, you know, uh, touch games is that it's very easy to make the wrong move. You know, you hit a button thinking it's like a UI button and instead it actually moves your unit or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there aren't a ton well, of, I don't think there are a ton of strategy games on the switch. Are there? I don't think there are. No, there are not. And that's why I always ask questions like this, because I want to play strategy games on a Switch, and I love my brand new Switch OLED. So I figure if I ask enough developers, people (laughs) will start saying, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I feel you. I feel the same way about my my phone. Like, I wish there were more strategy games available there. You know, it's kind of like the market determines you get a certain type of game, you know, free to play doesn't really match very well with, with strategy. So honestly, the best, best strategy games on, on phones and tablets tend to be basically just ports of board games, which is kind of a weird thing. Right. <laughs> That's the best way it works out. Um, right. But uh, I could totally see this working on a portable platform. Oh, it'd be a great iPad game. That's a good point. That's a great tablet game. So, so was it character driven from the start or was it not meant to be character driven from the start? Cause that is one of um, the big special things about this game. I think. Yeah. I don't remember exactly when the decision was made, like real, real early. It wasn't meant to be character driven. It was just like an experiment, you know, multiplayer order to see how it's going to work. But I think fairly early, you know, we decided that like we to try out characters. We felt like, um, you know, it could, it could, you know, kind of make the game more dynamic because you'd have things changing, you know, important characters would come and then they die and disappear and you'd lose, you know, you lose what they did for them, which is, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, mainly we started talking about our, our characters, our leaders, their family tree, uh, adding traits, um, building the narrative was, was, um, an organic fun experiment, uh, for old world. And every time we talked, you know, whether we're going for a walk or driving car or in the kitchen cooking, we could talk all the time about design at home. Um, it always felt like we started to get to know our characters very, very well. And sometimes I'd be writing an event or writing the bio or something. And I tell Soren, it would be really nice if we add this thing to, you know, like we discuss it and then 
you know, the same night he'll go in and write the code for it and not be able to enter the event uh, because now he's made it easier. So it's kind of, it started to feel like characters are starting to become bigger and more present. So it, it was an organic change. My only thing in the character system that I wish I could do that I couldn't in playing through this is when I get things like, oh, Duke so-and-so is kind of spoiled. I said, well, I don't want to just send him off to another country. I want to put him in the military as like a buck private. And I said, that'll <laughs> teach you. <laughs> Learning a lesson. <laughs> You know, the the event uh, editor is uh, enables you sometimes to create that for yourself. Really? Um, oh, really? Man, Duke's oh gonna my God. join the military. He's <laughs> joining the military as a spearsman. <laughs> yeah, we're really we're looking forward to seeing. Hopefully, like we'll see the the mod community grow a lot. You know, once you know, no once once it's up on Steam, that means Steam works, and you know, people will dive into it because all the events in the game are they're just they're just chunks of XML, and yeah. you know. You could have multiple modders write multiple uh, event packs, and you could turn them all on, and they could they would even potentially play together, you know, with each other. Like if one mod pack makes your character drunk, and then another mod pack has an event based off of whether your character is a drunk, like they would just you know organically fit together like that. So it's kind of a bit of a worry. Like I worry like my future once it releases on Steam will be me playing old world mods. All the time. <laughs> but that's going to give the game legs. That's what gives the game. Yeah, like definitely. And now, yeah. now are the mods and such, are they going to be uh, through steam workshop? Or are they going to be available like in the game? Because it's not just on steam. So I'm, I'm right. curious about that. So the, uh, we, we use mod.io uh, for Epic. Um, and, uh, and that'll also be the case for GOG. Um, and it's also available on the Steam, like if you want to use those mods as well. So Steamworks is just kind of an alternate way place for people to upload their mods. They could do it in either place and they'll both be available in in game. So, you know, when you're playing old world, you just basically, when you go to the mod section, you just decide, do I want to look through the Steamworks section or do I want to look through the mod IO section? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The reason I think I there's a way to I think there's a way to even sync them up. Like if you put them in one place, it'll automatically move it to the other. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, oh, that's ahead. that's perfect. The reason I like the whole Steam mods thing is because I've got a friend in the UK that's real good at writing mods, and uh, if I in the Steam thing, I don't have to learn how to do it myself. I can yep. just plug oh, it yeah. in, yep. and uh, that's what I like about it. Yep. Yeah, and this uh, we have a mod browser that's in the game. So you know, I know that like Steam people will go to this. You know, they they could, they'll they'll do some Steamworks stuff through their you know the Steam app or through the Steam uh, the Steam client, I guess, and or through the Steam web page, um, and that works fine too. Um, but yeah, like we also agree that like it should be really easy to find mods and turn them on so that there's something sort of in game, so you don't even have to do that if you don't want. Um, and I always I always loved mods. Um, like we put a ton of effort into it for both Civ three and Civ four. Um, and, but it was always something that I was really, uh, I don't know, like what's the right freight, what's the right adjective, but you know, it was like, we're doing all this effort. There's all this potential, but 95% of the people are not going to crack open their file folders and start down, you know, like installing stuff that random people have put up on the internet. Right. It's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, there's, there's massive potential for mods, but you know, I felt like there's just a lot of people who would, who would not try them out unless there was like a you know, a very simple way for it to work. Now that makes sense. And Civ 4 has, I think, one of the best 4X mods ever. What's it called? Fall from, Fall from Heaven? Fall, Fall from Heaven, yeah. Fall from oh, Heaven is, oh my, is excellent. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we actually worked with, the, we worked with the guy who designed that for, uh, with, uh, in, in Off-World Train Company because he eventually uh, went, to that, went to that publisher. Um, and uh, and uh, Dune Wars is also a really excellent. Uh, oh, yeah, one, so. yeah. That one's also yeah, good. There's, yeah. some really, there's some really good ones. Yeah, so I, I so and but could people make mods like that for this game if they wanted to? Like, so could someone make a new fall from? Oh, yeah. For this one, if they yeah, oh, abs- absolutely, and, oh. and more. I mean, oh. like all of the stuff that we've learned from Civ Four has been applied to modding for Off World and for Old World. So the all of the game code, what, what made Fall from Heaven possible was that we released the source code for Civ Four, right? The game, sort of the game source code, right? All the stuff that controls the rules um, and the code for the UI, 
right? Like without those two things, they could, you know, they could have never made fall from heaven. And so we're doing the same thing with, with, with old world. Oh, wonderful. And I, I, uh, since you mentioned it, I did want to give a good sh- a shout out to the UI. I, I love, mm-hmm. like, there are so many little things about this UI that make it so not effortless, but like just efficient and elegant again. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to use that word elegant again, but I mean, I love one of my favorite things is when you select a worker and it's got little pop-ups of things you can build all over the place. Like you can build a farm right. here yep. an OD in there or a mine over yep. there. And then you just move them and click the little picture. I, yep. I, oh yeah. That was a, no, I remember, I don't remember who suggested that, but yeah, that was just like, this one of these just little small little ideas you get, you know, someone was like, what if you could just click on the picture and it would just automatically build it. And it's just a small you know, thing. Like, it's just a small thing, but I love it so much. Cause it's just, <laughs> it makes things so much more, okay. More effortless. That doesn't really work, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very effortless. The, the um, when you're setting a worker to uh, build a road, you can set them on the the road mode where you're just yep. automating oh, yeah. that. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Wait, there's a road yep. mode? I didn't know there was yep. a road yep. mode. Oh god, damn it! And yeah, it's, it's in like the, a it's or something. You know what? What I liked about that particular thing is, and I don't know what about the game did it, but. I, when I discovered that I could do this road thing, I started willy-nilly clearing everything and building roads. And then at one point, the game warned me, well, you know, if you stop doing this, the trees will actually grow back. And it was like, oh, yeah. And I said, that's <laughs> great. Thank you, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always run out of wood. Like The first yeah. thing I do uh, when I play Old World is go after lumber mill. Because you have to chop down all your forests. Yeah. Yeah, I like the, you know, it's interesting to see the people who deforest all their lands and then they're like, oh no, now what do I do? <laughs> but, I, I don't have enough money to buy all the wood I need. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wood gets, wood gets pretty expensive. Uh, there's also kind of a little known interface thing. Like if you just hold down the shift key, you can like right click where you want the guy to go and then you click build farm. You keep shift down, hit build farm, then you right click somewhere else and you hit build barracks and you right click somewhere else and a little queue up like the next, you know, oh. the next four or five things that you want your, your I guy did to make. not know that. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah, the ones that you definitely want to make. Yep. Like, you know, like these are things that I definitely want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I always I, I always do farms. Like I, I'm a I'm a big farm guy. I'm like I always want yeah. my people to be fed. So all the farms. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, farms. I go first for farms. I make sure I make sure to kind of if I am able to create like a triangle of everything. Yes. Uh, make yes. them adjacent so I get the bonuses and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Although I will say, and I know in earlier in the podcast we talked about well you know people just automate things but i'm glad the choice to automate like workers and things is still in there because when i start doing get involved in things like the thracians did what to my dad and i started yeah. getting involved <laughs> in this thing and i said that's it you're all gonna die yep, you know? yep. and i said this is what i want to concentrate on invading the thracians yep yeah. Who am I going to marry now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tr- one of the tricky things about automation is we had to figure out when the automation should happen. Like, I think we even have an option that controls whether the automation happens at the beginning of your turn or you're at the end of your turn. Because um, if it happens at the beginning, then it can suck up all your orders. To then you can't do, you can't actually go and kill the Thracians, right? Um, but if it happens oh. at the end, then you might play your whole turn and not realize that oh, my workers aren't doing anything because I actually used up all my orders, right? Like so, it's kind of a it's kind of a tricky thing. I think the default is for them to do all the automation at the end. So if you end your turn and there's like ten orders, it'll then distribute those orders, you know, in some you know reasonable way. And I I got to appreciate. Uh, Good. Good. I also appreciate that. If you do have orders left over, there's nothing left that you can do. Those mm-hmm. orders are then sold for money. Right. Yep. Yep. We just want a little something so you didn't feel like you're like, oh, well, I'm just throwing these orders away. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love how I, I want to do, I, I do want to talk about research, but I do love how automation isn't immediate. Like you have to research certain things to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking yep. Of including- that, <laughs> speaking of that, the music. Yep, yep. You have to you have to discover the music. Yeah, um, I I love that touch. I do. I really do. Unless you start as the Greeks, and then you right. already have drama, mm-hmm. and you can start yeah. with music. But the fact that you actually have to research drama to get music in the game 
is a yep. great touch. Yeah. We yeah. make you go looking for drama. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, funny, it's always funny to see people choose that, choose drama just because of the music, because obviously it has no actual in-game effect, right? But, you know, they're still compelled to. Um, well, aside yeah. from building theaters, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah. It was amazing building that soundtrack, by the way. It took us like mm-hmm. four and a half years to create, but it was a yeah, it was a, hard. It was a real labor of love. Wow, great. A lot of time on that. I really love the soundtrack. It's it's it's, it's so many so many uh, pieces of music and really it's really great. Yeah, from, it's uh, wonderful from a, from a uh, historical standpoint. Eva. Yeah, now, there's ancient uh, Byzantine yeah. chants in there. There's um, Aramaic. Yeah, there's yeah, there's songs from all around the Middle East. Yeah, um, we choir. Yeah, uh, we we even have uh, actually an American choir, a choir from Portland, and they sang at the Hagia Sophia. Um, they were able to record the music inside, so acoustics are amazing. So we were able to kind of look for all of these gems hidden in different places uh, on Spotify, <laughs> and and build that soundtrack. So it's really a great journey. We were almost gonna travel to. Um, to meet where with Arvo Pert to convince uh to convince him to to license uh his music but then covid happened uh, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so many things and then covid happened you can you can yeah, add you could that uh, you could add that to the end of just about any sentence and anyone would be like oh yeah <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was going to go get ice cream and then covid happened <laughs> we were going to ship two games, then yeah. COVID happened. Oh, yeah, really? I just Wait, discovered... Wait, what? No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. You said we can add anything, so I was, oh. gonna, I was right. feeling free. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking. Don't read into that one. <laughs> well, well, I did, I did want to ask about the research system, too, because so many games, it's like, okay, here's the research tree. What do you want to research next? Oh, okay, I'll spend 10 minutes scanning down the tree because I want to get that one laser all the way down there. And, but your system is very different, which like so many other things in this game, but like, so are these random, like, I, I don't remember, are these random cards that are pulled from a deck? Yeah. It's, it, it follows a deck building like paradigm, right? Like, you know, when you start the game, there's five techs available. So they're essentially a deck of five cards, right? And you flip, flip over four of them. And then the ones you don't pick go into the discard pile. And when you research it, when you finish researching a tech, the text that that one unlocks, they also go into discard pile and then they just come back through. And it does two things. Like, obviously, it, you know, it changes. It means you can't just follow some golden path to research something. Right. It adds some some randomness to that. But what it also does is it makes the research decisions a lot more difficult because because, you know, about that kind of deck system that a card that the technologies you don't choose, they have to go into the discard pile, then they have to go back to the draw pile and then you have to draw them again. It means if you're choosing between like drama and forestry, right, with the one you aren't going to choose, you're not going to see for a while. Um, so there is like the uh, opportunity cost that you have to deal with as well. Yeah. <laughs> and And so you start off with five cards, like how many cards are there? How many techs are there? Uh, I don't know if wow. I'm ahead. There's probably like 50 or 60, but there's also those bonus cards, which is another another thing that the card system, that card system enabled, right? Like we have those like a free camel archer or a boost to civics or you know border growth or a free um, you know court minister or something, right? These cards that aren't technologies, but they're like these sort of one-time boost. Um, and they get unlocked by various texts you, you discover. And the, the trick with them is you only get one shot at them, right? Like when they come up, you either take it oh. or like right now on the screen, you can see there's a food boost, right? Like uh, you either take it or it gets tossed, it gets discarded, it, like trashed, basically. Trashed is like the, the terminology from, from deck builders, right? Oh, I didn't yeah. know those got trashed. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the, the, the one wrinkle in that is, again, your choices matter. Your choices matter in a lot of ways, and it could really hurt you down the road if you choose poorly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and a lot of research in Civ, it's it's very low stakes because you're like, okay, if I if I don't research ironworking now, I'll just research it next time. You know, whatever. Right? It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not really a very difficult choice. That's true. That's true. It's like, okay, I I, I want horses now. I'll just do the alphabet later. You know, whatever. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, the forestry thing, uh, 
one pro tip I'll toss out because I've, I've got several dozen hours between Epic and Steam mm-hmm. is sending out your, your workers or one of your units to harvest forests that are just outside of your borders. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if you're, if you're just sending them out to a large forest area that has maybe six or eight hexes, you can clear them out wait for them to regrow, clear them out again, and then you're not clearing out the area within your territory. Right. But you're still getting the benefit. Yeah. Mm. yeah you have to, you're going to have to do some foresting. Uh, like a ch- You probably have to do some chopping you know, while you wait for, for lumber mills. Um, and so, yeah, it's very important to decide where you're going to chop. Are you going ch- to clear the land, or are you going to chop it halfway and let them grow back? Right? Uh, I'm kind of under that. I, I hate to completely clear, clear trees. Like I'm always afraid that like, you know, I'll run out of them. <laughs> You know, like like playing RPG where you never use a single health potion, right? Like you're like, oh. <laughs> um, you reach the end that's of the why game. You save some of it for for your lumber mills later, and that's where you can yes. build them within your territory. Yeah, exactly. And you want to because like lumber mills get a bonus on, on river too, so like definitely don't chop down forests that are like adjacent to rivers. And yeah, you want to think about all that stuff because sure. we are approaching the hour, and I know we can go as long as we want, but I want to make sure I get this question in because. I'm a big Switch fan. I said, were you really teasing me, or are you really going to bring this to Switch? I don't want this just to be a rumor, because I really want to sit on my couch and play this portable. I mean, it's... I'll have to answer this one with, I'm so sorry I was teasing. Um, we, we'd love, love to get it on the Switch. It is something we hope to do. So it's not absolutely like, you know, off the table. It's just that our priority right now is to get the game out on Steam, of course, and then, you know, build the uh, pitch deck to go and talk to the people who are in charge of all of these decisions. Yeah. Then put it out there and let me know when I need to donate. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, I'm not kidding. Yeah, no worries. I'll tell you which altar to give your incense to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to you know, it's good to hear people what they if that's something that they really care about, right? Like the more the more we hear about that, the more likely we're able to. You know, it it is people. not an easy feat to get it on Switch. No, I mean, but it it was done, right? It was done. We saw we're keeping close track. Like we're we're seeing what who has done it, and I mean, we're looking at our game and thinking, you know what, we have less orders we have less units moving around so we are capable of making that call for when needed if needed um and hopefully that the gods of switch help us <laughs> i mean uh, yeah thea 2 is on the switch right there's that there's that game right i mm-hmm. think yeah. Yeah. it's on the switch yeah, yeah. and civ, mm-hmm. civ, civ is on the, is switch. On the switch. switch it's done stuff pretty well there Oh, that's right. Uh, is it the revolution? Yeah. Is it Civ Revolution? That's on no, the no, no. Civ oh. Six, the full Civ full Six. Really? There. Yep. That's why I said I we have less that. moves and less units. Civ <laughs> oh. Six and all the DLC. Yeah. I yep. did not know that. <laughs> yeah, they pushed really hard to have like it be on both that and the tablets, and like that it's the exact same game. Um, so um, you know, I'm sure. Anyway, they were able to. They were able to do it. So. It should be possible. Now, if you can bring it to my 3DS, that would be a feat. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably not possible. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so It's kidding. not going to happen. I was playing Civil Revolution on the 3DS the other day and was just really impressed mm-hmm. by, you know, how yeah. well that game translated to that platform. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember I remember encouraging Sid to, like, bring Civ Rev to either DS or one of the, you know, like a tablet or something because it felt like a really natural way to do it. Well, you know, there was really is a lot of truth to that advertising came. Civ 4 became so involving that I really <laughs> did have to say, okay, it's taken over my life. Uh, I'm the new kid on the block where I work. I got to step away from the game. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I got, I got very addicted to Civ 1. I bought it my first week of college, um, which was tricky timing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always been a game that, that sucks people in for sure. Yeah. Civ two was my first and it, it also ate up a lot of my time in college. <laughs> I 
time that I shouldn't have lost. (laughs) You know, it's a good game with this old world game when I say, okay, we're done eating dinner. We're done watching television. uh, You know, and I said, oh, I'm just going to play some old world for a while. And then uh, the dog comes pounding on me and the parrot starts saying, can I go to bed? Can I go to bed? And I look up and I said, oh, my God, it's 1230 in the morning. Yeah. Yes. Exactly how a good game should be. Yes, one I'm, more turn. I'm steepling my fingers. Yeah. Or, uh, so, so the game. So the game. So the game comes to GOG and Steam next week, and it's got some DLC coming with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. There is a. It's called the Heroes of the GN DLC, um, and it has six campaign. Uh, six campaigns as part of six scenarios as part of this overarching Greek campaign that takes you from kind of like the initial Persian invasion of, of Greece. So you, you know, you have um, Thermopylae and Salamis and, and, you know, you're the, the kind of like, you know, finding them off. And then eventually you take over as uh, you step in the shoes of Philip II, you know, kind of uh, consolidating, <laughs> I'm sure he would call it consolidating Greece. The Greeks would call it Macedon, Macedon conquering Greece. Um, and, and then you become Alexander taking over all of Persia. And then you get to fight out, fight out, be one of the four generals after Alexander dies, you know, deciding who's going to, you know, get dominance over, over what was left of, of his empire. Um, and there's some other special surprises involved with the DLC, but we're not going to talk about, I was almost going to talk about them. Well, um, We've recorded so many podcasts in which I was very free, not limited by Soren. Um, <laughs> but I remember now that they are going to be launched after post release. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, it's worth mentioning, though, that uh, the DLC will be available for free to people who own it on Epic already. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we should yeah. make sure and we then get that. For two weeks. For... And then two weeks mm-hmm. on Steam yep. Gog. Yeah. yeah, everyone who already owns it on Epic is going to get it for free. And then everyone who buys it for the next two weeks, no matter where they buy it, whether on GOG, Steam, or Epic, they're all, they'll all get it for free. But if you already own it on the Epic Games Store for the next two weeks, you can claim the DLC. And if you buy it on Steam, it comes with a DLC. Yeah. And That's if you awesome. buy it on Epic or GOG. And, yeah, yeah, or GOG. Yeah. Um, we we got to be very specific because people will ask us all these little, like, wait, wait, what about this case? I was like, no, no, really, everyone gets it for free. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine. <laughs> Just go to our Discord. And, you know, like, we have such a beautiful community who's very willing to respond to all the questions that you have. Yeah. I think people are used to game companies, like, giving away free stuff as a way to, like, incentivize or force people to do things in a certain way. And, like, we just we just want everyone who is ready to get on Old World right now to be able to to enjoy it. So. Like that's what that's what we care about. Yeah, there was a game that just came out where you got free stuff through Twitch drops, and so many people were complaining. Like, I don't want to watch some rando on Twitch just to get something yeah. for this game. <laughs> but that's that's fair, though. Yeah, I mean, everyone you know, everyone's got to hustle in their own way. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think I think people who've been around us know the way we like to do things, and I think we've got a really nice community. I think they kind of respect the decisions we make. So. So uh, at least it's a bit creative. <laughs> it is creative. It's a little creative than just kind of giving money to the app store so your game on the app store can be seen versus the other ones. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, friends, the game uh, is Old World. We're going to start wrapping up because we got to. Uh, the game is Old World. It is currently on the Epic Store. Uh, oh, is multiplayer going to be cross platform, by the way? Yep. Multiplayer is cross platform, so you can, Epic people can play against Steam people. Great. And guard people and everything. Oh, great. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> great. I'm, I'm sure someone was going to ask. Uh, so it's already on Epic right now, but next week it's coming to Steam and GOG. If you, if you, if you didn't get this from listening to us jibber-jabber, we love this game. It's amazing, and you all should buy it. If you have even the faintest interest at all in 4X games, you should buy this. If you've only ever played one 4X game before in your life, make this your second. Seriously. Um, <laughs> it, it's got great onboarding if you're new to the genre. Uh, great tutorials. Lots of text to explain things. Lots of tool tips. Uh, yep. so, so, yeah. Some we, fun events. Fun events. Like, um, I'll just say uh, you can hire a monkey. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Okay, I got to figure that out. Uh, so <laughs> even if you want to create a mod, we actually have a video, a YouTube video that tells you how to create a mod for Old World that's out there. It's pretty cool. How many events do we have, Leila? Uh, over three thousand. And you can yeah, add more all. through the mod, through the modding tools. Yep. Yeah, um, even the Greek DLC has multiple hundred events. Oh my god, that's nice. astounding. So yeah, guys, this game is astounding. I truly believe it is going to become no pressure, you guys. The the probably the finest 4x uh, of the genre because it does things. <laughs> it, it 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 gets out of the rut that a lot of other 4x games are in, and and it's like, oh wow, what I'm doing actually means a goddamn thing, you know, rather than just moving a damn unit around. So yeah, it's it's really special, you guys. It's really really special. So, thanks so much. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank it's really, it's really oh, nice to hear yeah. that. And uh, let, me, let me just add that if you, you know, if you, if you are a fan of the game and you know you're wondering what you can do to support us, the the, the number one thing that can be done if you are, you know, if you're going to buy it on Steam or you're willing to buy it on Steam or or whatever, the number one thing you can do is leave a leave a review. That's yes. something that that is super great for the long term health of the product. Yeah. Just let people know what you think of the game. We're a small indie studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> we need that type of support. So please leave a good word. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, please. If you can, folks, you play the game, you like it, review it. That's all. It, you got to do that it's for the algorithm. You got to do that for, for the, the algorithm. algorithm. You know, worship, <laughs> slaughter some chickens for the algorithm. It's, uh, <laughs> exactly. So next week on the, the show, would. so next week on the show, folks, we're going to welcome back Chris Park of uh, Arkin Games. Is it oh, Arson or yeah. Arkin? Arson. Arkin. Uh, I was going to say, we were talking to him a few weeks ago, actually. Oh, wow. Um, no, I, think it's, I think it's Arkin. Yeah, I think it's Arkin, you probably, too. You should probably ask him. Yeah. I never Hi, remember. Uh, so we're going to be welcoming back, I think, for the third or fourth time to talk mm -hmm. about the latest expansion for AI2, the, uh, the, I don't know how to say it, the Nizzle, Nizzle, the Nizzle, Nizzle, whatever it is. Uh, we're going to be talking about the latest expansion for AI War 2 next week. So can't wait for that because AI War 2 is another phenomenal game that you all should be playing if you're not playing it already. And uh, tomorrow for the stream, we're going to be have our last Gunship 2000 stream uh, in Antarctica. So that'll be fun. Uh, so thank you again, uh, Soren and Layla, for coming on, taking time out of your busy day to talk to us about Old thank World. You. Uh, and remember, folks, if you don't have if you haven't gotten in on Epic already, why not? But if you really care about that sort of thing and want it on Steam or whatever, it comes out next week. So um, get it. Seriously, just buy it. It's so good. Please, please buy it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and with well, that, thank you so much. Oh, pleasure. And with that, we'll bid you all goodbye. Have a great day, everyone. And again, if you haven't already, please get vaccinated if you haven't already, because goddamn, we need to get through this. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.